On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. Our number one most important crop in Iowa are children. And when we see threats, that we should address them with the same urgency and the same resolve as we would in business or agriculture. Preparing the next generation of workers begins young and with a healthy dose of critical thinking. A former Speaker of the U.S. House says Congress needs to fund multi-employer pension reform. And in our business profile, a company that has offered educational services for years with new emphasis in this age of virtual schooling. This is the Iowa Business Report for the second weekend of September 2020. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry has been the voice of Iowa business since 1903. Learn more online at iowaabi.org. Here is Jeff Stein. We talk a lot on this program about building a strong workforce. Thanks to a broad coalition of Iowa leaders in business, education, media, healthcare, public safety, governance, and the faith community, the foundation for that workforce is built just as some young people are learning to write. Peter Komandowski is president of the Partnership for a Healthy Iowa, working to unite Iowans to identify high-risk behaviors and implement strategies for building healthy communities. Partnership for Healthy Iowa works on two primary areas of concern. One, the reduction of youth high-risk behavior through development of program, tools, resources, or connecting people with resources. And secondly, to connect communities to work together uh, with business, with the chamber, with the prevention, with faith-based people, with governance, to, to recognize the fact that high-risk behavior in youth is one of the most important challenges that we face. You know, we have a wonderful farming community in Iowa. And if you're a farmer and you look at your field and you see an invasive weed or a problem, boy, it becomes an immediate priority. Well, I contend and our organization contends that our number one most important crop in Iowa are children. And when we see threats that will affect them in a negative way, that we should address them with the same urgency and the same resolve as we would in business or agriculture. But it occurs to me as you say that, if I'm a farmer and I see a weed, I know exactly how to take care of that and prevent the problem. Much more difficult when you're talking about humans, young people in particular. Exactly correct. You know, we see threats like the opiate epidemic, um, addiction to media um, emerging all the time. And there's always an argument, well, you know, how, how do we know that this is really a problem? When on one side saying it's not a problem at all, one side is, well, that's the legacy of agriculture is that for years and years they've been working on these problems. Now, in social problems, say like alcohol or drug-free workplace, we know that these are problems, and for years and years, we've not been effective in working on them. And that's why we have this challenge before us. We want healthy workplaces. We want healthy communities. We want our children to grow up with the best opportunities possible. Um, we have with us, the difference is when you plow your field at the end of the year and you start a new field, guess what? You can address all the previous problems and do it. We don't plow people under. So the the problems There's no the, reset button. No reset button at all. So all the problems that are inherited generationally, 
or even in a business context. If your business has evolved to treat people differently or work differently or use different mechanics when it's become uh, using more computers or something where we have to sort of get different cultures connected within our own culture, <laughs> uh, you know, a technological culture and a non-tech culture, things like that. Um, we don't have that reset, so we always have to – it's like that same plant grows forever, <laughs> And we have to culture better soil, better nutrients, better ways to deal with it. So, yeah, you make a great point. In farming, we can get some immediacy, and we have a new season every year. But the season of humanity has been around for a few thousand years at least. And we're still trying to get it and right. We're still trying to get it right. So as we talk about this concept, this endeavor, as it's tied to business, it is not a direct correlation in that you don't work with people currently involved in business. But when we're talking about the number one issue facing Iowa business is workforce and workforce mm-hmm. development, that's where you come in at a very early stage. Over 30 years ago when this was founded by Senator Grassley and the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, um, Public Health, uh, Department of Education, the faith community got together, um, Senator Harkin, a lot of people combined. They targeted drugs, alcohol, and tobacco. And we were then called Partnership for a Drug-Free Iowa and also the Face It Together Coalition. So we had a coalition of people. So we recognized the fact that for workforce development, for healthy children, for best educational outcomes, for the healthiest and safest communities, we need to deal with the problem of alcohol, tobacco, and drugs. Now, we've rebranded as a healthy Iowa because now we have problems with excessive media use, things like multitasking, um, human trafficking, sexting, bullying, suicide ideation by kids. The world of technology, not only has it opened up tremendous opportunities for business, unchecked and unmanaged children now have access to a world that's not like the world of their parents. It's like the crop is growing in an entirely new environment, and there are a lot of challenges that we face. People, no doubt, are familiar with the moniker Partnership for a Drug-Free Iowa. Mm -hmm. But again, the issues are broader, and rather than have so many duplicate agencies, it's all under one rubric. It occurs to me, and and this is as someone who doesn't have children. Mm -hmm. Yes, I taught college students, but they were much older. It seems like you might be able to reach young people say, kindergarten through sixth grade, and that's at one level. But then when they get to middle school, then when they get to high school, is it true you almost have to re-educate so that they can relearn because there are so many different temptations for teens as opposed to the younger people? Well, I think inherently as human beings, we are drawn to some things that are risky. Let's have another drink. Let's do this. Even it might be sleep deprivation. It might be an extra donut. It's sort of our nature. We have all kinds of neurophysiologists talking about how this happens. It's sort of rooted in our our freedom. Just like we talk about capitalism, laissez-faire capitalism being like an inalienable human right. People want to believe that we have the right to experiment with our own bodies and everything else. But one one of the important things about being human today, too, is also to be great stewards of our culture. We have stop signs. We have speed limits. We have rules that we've learned make this a better world. And sometimes when we have a a challenge of having to set up rules, people are very resistant to it. But over time, they begin to recognize that it's important. Now, we have two major factors that have really influenced the world today. One is that technology has made it move at an extremely fast pace. I often talk about life at the speed of being human. If your head is in a computer screen or on a television, that's why we sometimes love radio and TV and reading, you know, when it's local 
you know, or newspapers, local stuff, because then people are drawn to the actual stories and things that are there. But because the media is so driven to promote, well, the idea of getting your money, <laughs> selling you stuff, that they have it's a commercial model. It's a commercial model. Yeah. So we now have a world that lives at, the, at what the speed of media. We've noticed that in business, oftentimes people that would compete with local businesses and businesses here will often make claims greater than what is the potential. So you have the local business that makes a claim that's, an, say, an honest claim for the most part. Well, then somebody that's got something outside wants to sell it for half the price and hurt their business can make all sorts of claims. So we see that with vaping being healthy when it, we know it's not, marijuana being healthy when we know it's not. You know, and the media has allowed this to propagate. So now we have to learn. I mean, just imagine if farmers had to grow a new crop every month. You know, 15 years ago it was once a year. Now it's 12 times a year. Their brains would blow up. <laughs> well, in a sense, that's what we're doing to our kids and, and what we're all learning to adapt to. In this world, how do we deal with this excessive saturation of technology while retaining the importance of being human, the values, the morals, the ethics, and the habits that keep us healthy and safe? Peter Komandowski, president of the Partnership for a Healthy Iowa, a privately funded public-private partnership. More information online at ahealthyiowa.org. There's much more to the conversation, and you can hear it all by listening to the podcast. Go to totallyiowa.com and click on radio programs. Still to come, pension reform, and you'll hear from the owner of a business with an educational mission that has expanded due to the pandemic. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. In Iowa, some 80,000 blue-collar and essential workers and retirees are concerned about their multi-employer pensions. That's according to the Retirement Security Coalition, which is urging Congress to take action to avoid collapse of the system and the potential loss of billions of retirement dollars. Former U.S. Speaker of the House John Boehner represents the effort. Well, the Retirement Security Coalition is concerned about the state of America's multi-employer pension plans. There are nearly 80,000 people in Iowa uh, who are active members of uh, these plans or are retirees. And the health of these retirement plans is in uh, serious jeopardy. And, uh, and so as uh, Congress debates uh, another uh, stimulus package with regard to uh, the effects of uh, the virus on our economy, you know, uh, dealing with this issue is critically important. And the sooner we deal with it, uh, the less damage that will be done. How did we get to this point? Help an audience member understand why this is an issue and, and how we got here. Well, these plans uh, are employers in certain industries. Uh, Chucky would be a big one, the Central States Pension Fund, uh, operated by the Teamsters, uh, and uh, those employers who contribute to it uh, have been in trouble for a long time. I think there's nearly 8,000 islands who were involved in uh, in the Central States Pension Fund alone. And these plans uh, have had problems going back you know, the last 25 years. Congress has tried to address this several times, but the problems continue to get worse. 
And uh, and there's been an effort in Congress, uh, and frankly, I think Iowa's two senators, Senator Grassley and Senator Ernst, have uh, been helping lead the way uh, in terms of addressing this issue now in this upcoming stimulus package. If these plans go bankrupt, they're all going to end up in the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, which is already going bankrupt. So whether it's uh, low-interest loans, uh, along with more contributions from the employers, uh, there's a lot of different ways that Congress can act. Uh, and they were very close to acting almost a year ago until talks broke down between the two parties. Uh, but I think uh, both parties understand that uh, this issue has to be dealt with, and it needs to be dealt with now. Former U.S. Speaker of the House John Boehner spoke to me about the efforts of the Retirement Security Coalition online at retirementsecuritycoalition.com. Coming up, one option to help those who care about their students' education. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, helping develop the next generation of business leaders through Leadership Iowa, Business Horizons, and Leadership Iowa University. To learn more, go to iowaabi.org. In this week's business profile, I'll introduce you to April Samp, co-owner of Sylvan Learning Centers in Iowa. While the company is not new, they have adapted some of their offerings to better serve clients in this age of virtual learning. Sylvan Learning has been an educational leader for 41 years, and I'm sure lots of people have heard about it. What we offer now, and I think everybody has used this word at least some point in 2020, is pivot. So we've pivoted ourselves. So it started back in March when COVID really hit and the schools were off for two weeks, then up, guess what? I guess we're going to be off for five and a half months. And so we took our in-center programs that are usually delivered on iPads and they still are, but we went virtual. So all of our students who were already getting tutoring services or any parents who were worried about learning loss or their child not being in school could now get on Zoom. And we would use a shared screen where the teacher would use our iPad technology with our Sylvan Sync programs and, and tutor in, in the core subjects. So the core subjects are reading, math, and writing. But here's one thing that you can control. This is what I tell a lot of parents. No matter how well your kids are doing at virtual or in-person, you need to make sure that they have those core subjects down and that they're on track with the reading, math, and writing. And so, and those are all on our website, um, sylvanlearning.com. So we offer that. But in addition to that, we've started something called school support. Let's say some students are going to school Monday, Tuesday, and every other Wednesday, and then they're at home doing the online learning. My son is all virtual, so he's doing five days a week. So if you're the kind of person who you're not able to work from home or you just don't want to deal with it, you can't. You will need to work from home and you don't want the distraction It's a place where you can take your student and the coaches will be there to help keep them motivated, to keep them focused. But it's a way where parents can bring their child in and make sure that they are doing the schoolwork and doing the homework and can ask questions from certified teachers. For most of the time leading up to this year, parents might avail themselves of Sylvan Learning Services if their child had specific needs to help get them up to a certain level. But this is a whole different world. And so if I'm a parent, I'm going to be very worried about a gap 
And yes. so what you're talking about here, April, is you're talking about filling the gap in a very new environment. And so it's actually broadening the audience who might be interested in the services your company offers. Absolutely agree. And we're seeing that. We're having parents call who, and they're considering things they've probably never considered before. A lot of times, let's say in a non-COVID environment, some of our busiest times are around report card season, right? So send the kids to school. You think they're doing great. They get the report card and you go, uh-oh. But Sylvan is not just for the learning loss that you're talking about. I think it's more widespread now because kids were off for five and a half months, virtual learning, just all the distractions in life right now. And I'm really proud of some of the partnerships that we've created so far this year. But I've been working with forward-thinking human resource leaders who saw the need, especially right after everything hit in March, they wanted focused workers. They wanted workers who didn't have to feel like they have to compete with being a teacher and a worker. They were worried about losing workers and wanted to do something about it now that school's back in session. So I've partnered, one of our great partners is Craig Tool, and they're out of Huxley, and they're building a brand new facility in Ankeny. And they have created a program through Craig Cares, which is their foundation, where all of the employees, they only have to pay $75, like that's their skin in the game, and they get access to tutoring, school support, any of our services that we offer, and Craig will cover it because they don't want their employees to have to worry about it. We've been going for about two weeks now, and I'm telling you, I went over to the plant and the facility last week, and people were raving about it. They loved it, and they and it made me feel so good because... Sylvan really does make a difference in children's lives and their parents can see the child get more confident. They feel like, oh, I never thought I could do that. And they're, they're finishing. And it's fun. We have reward systems where if they do well, they earn tokens and they can go in and, and pick a fun prize. And it's fun to be there. When I was at the Johnston Center the other day, I watched a parent pick up one of the students and the student's like, wait, it's too early it's not time for us to leave yet and didn't want to leave. And I was like, that's great. That's a great environment to be in. So it's not only educational support, it's confidence building, it's life skill building, and it's fun. And the structure that you might be able to afford these students, because again, not a parent, but I assume that when you take your child to school in a pre-COVID time, you know that there is a schedule and a structure and they are receiving the education, not just in classroom, but sociologically that they need, but when they're at home and there's not the schedule and you're just not into the rhythm, this really does help if they pick the right protocols with you. This really does help them with the structure that they need, again, to where the parent doesn't have to worry about it and doesn't have to be an employee and be a parent and clean the house and, oh, wait, you know, my job's over here and I've got a Zoom call and a kid who needs help over here. It just takes away a lot of the burden. It does. And it gives you peace of mind. So you can focus on your own work. You know, they're in a safe environment, socially distanced. We have all of the standard protocols that need to be put into place, but it also gives them some socialization as well. They're socially distanced, but they get that connection with a teacher, with a fellow student nearby. And it's a peace of mind that, and I'm really proud of the school support program for that reason. Plus, if you pair that with tutoring, like I told you earlier, each student comes in for an assessment. So they're 
educational plan for tutoring is personalized. It's theirs. So they might be great at reading, but falling behind in math. So we probably don't need to do any reading tutoring, but maybe we do some math and writing. You know, typically that's two to four hours a week and parents can, we customize it to the parent's schedule. It's affordable. We have ways that you can, just like you can go to Lowe's and buy your refrigerator for a period of time with 0% interest, if you qualify, we have those same programs. So it's an investment that's worth it because the change in students, just the skills that they learn, the confidence they build. Plus, like you said, peace of mind. I, I was not a great homeschooler and I didn't, I, I kind of gave up to be honest. And I just said, you know what, I'm really glad I own Sylvan because I put my son through the, the testing to make sure that he's wasn't falling behind tremendously. So came in handy. <laughs> There's no greater testimonial than the owner uses the product. Uh, as we right? say, many of the people who are listening might recognize your name because you worked for a number of years in various television markets as a broadcast journalist, as a news executive. What led you to say, I now want to be a small business owner? That is quite a leap. It is. And it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've always had Even when I was a journalist, I always tried to think in an innovative way. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to. You can't just do the same old thing. Same with journalism and TV news. You have to be able to take risks. The other similarity, though, between Sylvan and being a journalist, a lot of times people ask themselves, what makes you get out of bed in the morning? And I always loved going and knowing that I was making a difference in my community. I was covering important events. I could help people that needed help. You know, the little guy. We could ask politicians questions that our viewers would call and say, why don't you ask the governor this? And that was very fulfilling. With Sylvan Learning, it's the same feeling because I feel like I'm making a difference in children's lives and parents' lives. That makes me feel really, really good. At the end of the day, you want to look and say, did I make a contribution? And I feel like Sylvan Learning does. I'm a new owner. I'm a co-owner, actually. But I see big things for Sylvan Learning in Iowa, and I can't wait to, in a couple of years, hopefully come back on your show and tell you all the great philanthropic things we're doing. April Samp is co-owner of Sylvan Learning in Iowa. More online at sylvanlearning.com. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. Follow ABI on Twitter at IowaABI and online at iowaabi.org.